looks like everybody's finishing up conversation, so. Well, I've been given instructions that I need to get, well, payback sounds like a bad word, but I need to return the favor, I guess, to somebody who was blessed upon this stage. So, Aaliyah, want to say happy birthday. It is her birthday today. She's soaking it up. Look at that. <laughs> Standing up. Another one. Oh, my. Any? 39. That's right. 39 forever and ever. Anybody else? That's a pie. Everybody else's birthday today? Anybody? Anybody? All right. Wow. How about that? Check that at that. Multiple birthdays today. Well, that is great. We don't always announce birthday, but then sometimes people just like to have them announced from the stage. So uh, with that, here we are. Good morning. Uh, I guess kind of we're all anticipating the snow. I'll say parents, just kind of be checking your email, but it's not looking good uh, for youth group tonight. Uh, we'll just kind of see what happens, but it's supposed to come like right at five o'clock and we start at five o'clock. So be checking on that. So uh, I want to begin welcoming those online as well. We're glad you could be with us this morning. We are continuing in our series on the... All right, Jim remembers. That's good. That's because he spoke on one. But hopefully everybody else remembers. We are in the armor of God. We have been continuing in this in Ephesians chapter 6. So I thought it would be good uh, as we begin uh, to read the passage, read the whole thing that we have uh, for us today. And before I do that, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here in your name, uh, to lift up songs of praise to you, to turn our attention to your word, Lord, and, and see how you might challenge and encourage us, Lord, and what we can learn uh, from your word, Lord. Be with me as I, I bring forth your words. Let it be your spirit speaking through me, Lord. May we be both lifting you up at this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you want to follow along, this series we're going through is in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, I'll kind of read the, the, the paragraph there of verses 10 uh, through 18. So it says this. This is the words of Paul to the church in Ephesus. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that my words may be given to me in opening the mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as ought to speak. So here we are, week three 
So we all like to have kind of a review of what we've been sharing, right? So I thought I would open us up. And remember, in the first week, Bill kind of gave us a, a, an intro. Uh, he kind of spoke about kind of the, the background uh, to the church and the, what was going on in Ephesus, especially in the book of Acts. And I found that very fascinating. Remember, he, he talked about uh, the, just the, the evil spirits and the idol worship, the man who was possessed. Remember, there was the burning of the books of, of, of the magic arts all within this city in the book of Acts when Paul first comes in to proclaim the gospel. So it's fascinating, I find it, that this is how he uses, to, a place he uses to talk about spiritual warfare as he goes in to this thought. And Bill discussed the belt of truth and the importance of having the truth and knowing the truth, having the truth as our foundation. Then we think about it as Jim discussed last week and the breastplate of righteousness, having the righteousness of Christ in our lives. Nothing that we have done, but we have been given righteousness in Christ. And today, we turn to the shoes, to the gospel of peace. Now, when you think about warfare, one of the things that might not pop into your mind is shoes. So as we look at this, it's maybe not the first thing you would think about when you think about armor, but it is, as we'll see, a very important piece of the armor. And you think about today's world, right? People have shoes for every occasion. Maybe your wife has multiple shoes for even the same occasion. Oh, man, that is not fair. He is not present to hear that. That is, whoa. All right, I did not expect that. All right, back to my message. So we have, like, work boots, right? Now, well, I don't, because I don't really do anything dangerous, but you have, like, work boots, right? Maybe they're, they're steel-toed boots where you're protecting your toes as you go out onto a construction site. Maybe you have athletic shoes for, for various purposes. I can remember uh, before my junior year at Emmaus, I, I needed a new pair of basketball shoes. So I went and got a specific pair for that season that I could wear. And they are specific for a purpose. Basketball shoes, they come up over your ankles so that they protect your ankles as you're running and cutting back and forth. All these various things. There's running shoes, right? They're lighter and they're comfort for you to run those many miles. Each shoe with its unique purpose. And it's the same thing that we see as we come to this armor for the Roman soldier. See, they wouldn't just wear any old shoe for battle. They had specific shoes for a specific purpose. And, and I have a picture that you'll see kind of up here on the screen. And, and they wore something that was kind of described as kind of a, a half boot and, and half sandal. You can see it is kind of semi-open for comfort, I guess, and breathability as they're walking along their way. And they had those kind of straps on them, the straps you'll see at the top, which allowed them to kind of fit each person. They, they could get a tight fit on their shoes. They were made of, of several layers of leather on the bottom. And you see what's on the bottom of those shoes? Little like hobnails, almost like cleats when you think about today. Metal studs that they would have on the bottom. These spikes would, would dig into the soil as they walked, giving them a strong grip and holding their ground against their enemy. You know, if you've ever played soccer or football or even slow-pitch softball, cleats can give a strong support 
and they must be used to have a sure fitting as you're rounding those bases. You see, you remember, combat at this time was a lot of what? Hand-to-hand, swords, close-knit battle. You didn't want to have your feet slipping out from under you. This gave them a great advantage in hand-to-hand combat. And I was reading something that even the metal spikes kind of gave a little effort to the, the fallen enemy. You know, if you're coming across them and you give them a little extra step as they have been fallen, I thought that was in my guy kind of stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so think of that what you will. So they could punish their, even their fallen enemies in various ways. But these shoes were important. If they didn't have their shoes on, they weren't ready for battle. Think about this. How many times, as a parent, have you said, get your shoes on? Anybody been there when your kids were growing up? You're about to head out the door. You think you're all ready. And then what's missing? Their shoes. You're like, you don't even have your shoes on. Or how can you be ready to go out the door? Or when I was coaching up at the high school, the guys would be getting ready for practice. They'd be in the locker room. They'd come out holding their shoes as they come onto the basketball court, thinking they're ready for practice. And we would have to tell them, why don't you go run a little bit? Because you're not ready for practice. You're showing up not prepared for this. So that kind of gives us an understanding. As Paul is talking about this armor of God, as he is talking about these shoes, this is what they had. The ability to to stand firm on their ground. The ability to to move and to be comfort in all the marching that they would do. So as we think about this, we think about now the the spiritual war, right? That's what we're talking about. That's why we have this armor. And as I was thinking on that, before we get into what the shoes mean, I wanted to quickly review and see what is this spiritual war? What is this enemy that we have been going against Because this is important for us. We are in a battle, and we need to know who this enemy is. It mentions in this passage the devil and his schemes. It says his fiery darts. The invisible war that is around us is what we are prepared for. I don't think we think about what Satan is trying to accomplish in this world. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, Christians make one of two mistakes. Either we don't think about Satan, or we think too much about Satan. We can obsess over him to the point that it might drive you crazy, or you just ignore him and think that he has nothing going on in this world today. Jerry Rankin, in his book, Spiritual Warfare, he talks about how Satan won't use the obvious attacks, the ones that we can see and understand, because we would just go against those and know that it is wrong. Instead, his battle is skillfully hidden. The goal of Satan in this battle is to rob God of his glory. He wants it for himself. God, Satan does not want God's kingdom advancing. He does not want God getting any praise or glory. Rankin mentions that one of Satan's greatest victories is convincing Christians that missions is optional. It is through missions that the kingdom of God spreads and the glory is given to God as the gospel is proclaimed. He says Satan has convinced believers that Jesus' last instructions were not important, to go and make disciples of all nations. He sums up in his book that Satan, he's our adversary. He is the deceiver, the liar, the tempter, the hinderer to God's plans. Satan will do whatever he can to take focus away from God. 
and is that battle that we are preparing for, that we are putting on this armor for. And as we come to verse 15 in this section, we see this gospel of peace, these shoes. It says in verse 15, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So here we find interesting here, right? This thing all about war, this battle that is happening. And now he inserts this word peace in the middle of this warfare, in this description of this battle that we see. He talks about the gospel of peace. And what is gospel? We all know that it is the good news, right? The good news proclaimed. And that's what we have here, the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. The gospel of peace is that we are no longer enemies with God. We are now on God's side. He is now on our side as we go through this life together. You know, as we go through our, our lives, we, we encounter difficulties. We encounter tragedies in all our lives. But what we are told here is to cling to this gospel. Remember this gospel of peace. Remember that we are no longer going against God. We are not at war with God. The price has been paid on the cross. You know, sometimes difficulties enter our lives because the, the devil is trying to tempt us. As I said before, he's trying to draw our attention and take glory away from God. He is trying to not advance the kingdom of God. And the devil will do anything that he can in his powers. That is why we prepare. That is why we wear these shoes. The devil will want us to think that we have done something wrong to make God mad at us. But remember... We are not enemies with God. There is peace between God because of that cross. You see, we carry the good news of Jesus' death, resurrection. No matter the debris the enemy uses to throw at us, in the midst of the war and the chaos, we know that God has everything in control. That is the good news of peace, that we can overthrow all the temptations, all that the devil will bring to us. Just as we came through, remember this Christmas season, and we reflected on this time of peace, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. One of my favorite Christmas songs even, O Holy Night, has in those words, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Jesus says this about peace in John fourteen twenty seven: Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. As you go about in this world, you don't think of peace as this world brings peace. Think of the peace that comes through my son on that cross. In John 16, 32 and 33, Jesus says this as well. He says, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home. And will leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, he says. He has overcome the schemes and the attacks of the devil. It is this peace that Jesus enters us into when we accept him. And that is why we, we must be ready with those shoes. We must be ready with this peace. 
And I think as we see these shoes, we see two areas. Two areas of how these shoes, this gospel of peace, helps us in our lives today. I think we'll see that these shoes help us stand firm. But not only stand firm, but I help these shoes will also help us to move. Now, I know what you're thinking. Those are complete opposite things, but you'll see what I mean in a second. And I know last time I got some really great feedback on my use of lettuce. And I thought really hard of another vegetable to try and use for this message, but I only know so many veggies, and I just couldn't think of one to use. So if you think of any great veggies, let me know, and maybe I'll add it to a future message that you can better connect with this. But as for now, we'll just stick with lettuce. So let us stand firm and move. So let us think about this first one, standing firm. Remember, the spikes on the bottom of these shoes would help them stand their ground. It would help them stand firm and not slip when fighting. And just like this, remember, we are in a spiritual war where we need to stand firm. When the rough patches of this world come upon us, we need to be able to stand and not throw, be thrown off our course. So you think about that. What can throw off our peace? What can throw off their circumstances in our lives? And the answer is, as we've already said, it's the devil's schemes. During the day, he can hurl debris at you like like maybe family feuds, job insecurity, friendships and betrayals, or or any rocky situation that he throws at you. Trying to make your feet stumble. Trying to get you off of the focus of reflecting on that gospel. But it is peace that helps us stay grounded. It is remembering of of who we are in Christ. He is there walking with us. He is there with us. It is the shoes of this gospel pushing us along as we go. God's peace can help us stand firm even in the strongest storms of this life. We know that we have the Prince of Peace in our lives. As I was writing this, I was reflecting, and a song came to my mind, and it's one that we sing here. It's, Who You Say I Am. It kept coming into my mind. And I was reflecting on that. I was thinking of how, you know, Satan tries to define us. He tries to throw things at our lives, thinking that God doesn't care about us. He wants to steal that joy. He wants to steal that peace. He wants to steal our identity. And maybe we think about that first line of that song where it says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Have you ever felt like that? Who am I that I deserve this gospel of peace? Why should I even come across as meaning anything to him in this life? I am nothing. Maybe you have found yourself considering those things. In the next line of the song, it says, I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. See, we were lost, and we were brought in to this gospel of peace. That is what we have for us. That is our strong footing. It even goes on to say that in that song that we are children of God, that we are chosen, we are not forsaken, that there is a place for us in this world. And when that battle is thrown at us, we dig those cleats into the ground and we stand firm and say, no, I'm not going to fall for your schemes. I'm not going to fall for the things that you are saying to me. I am going to stand true and stand firm on the gospel because I know whose I am. I am a child of God. Don't let Satan 
lose your foundation. Don't let them make you trip and fall in your walk. Here we go. You know, all my stuff talks about sports or basketball, so here we go again. And as I coach in the rec program, I get to travel down to all the various elementary schools for practice. And, and a lot of the floors in these gyms are very slippery. I think about if you've ever been to Joppa View or, or Chapel Hill or Seven Oaks, it's almost like an ice skating rink almost in there when you're trying to coach basketball. So the girls come in, and you can see them, they're, they're shuffling their feet. They're having a fun time. And if we start running, they start slipping and, and sliding. They don't have a good footing. So what I, what I say to them is this. You guys need to prepare. When you come into the gym, and this is kind of gross if you don't know what basketball players do. Sometimes we, we lick our hands. It's probably not the most COVID thing friendly in the world, but you lick our hands, and then you wipe the dust off the bottom of your shoes. And then you get that little squeak sound, kind of like that a little bit, as you go through. And it gives you a better footing. After a while, they start to lose it again. And every now and then, you got to clean your shoes again. I know. Everybody's like, that sounds disgusting. Okay. It's just something that happens, all right? But every, you're doing it probably every so often. You're going, and you have good footing for a little bit. And then the dust kind of builds up again, and you start slipping again. And I'll say, all right, you got to clean your shoes again. So they go back, and they prepare their shoes again for practice and for the game. And that's what we're doing. Maybe we're, we're losing footing sometimes, but then you have to go back and prepare your shoes. Remember who you are. Remember to stand firm. Have that good footing in the cross. This is what we do as we remember all these things. You might be asking all those things and wondering, what is this peace? It is the peace of the cross. This is what Paul mentions here in verse 13 of Ephesians 6. He says, take up this whole armor so that you can withstand the evil day and stand firm. Stand firm in the truth of the gospel. See, while we face persecution in this life, we find rest in the arms of our Savior. But you see, our shoes don't just help us stand firm. They really do help us even move. We move by sharing the gospel. And you see, this is what people think was a great advantage for this Roman army as they had to march over thousands and hundreds of miles with these soldiers. These shoes gave them comfort. It gave them ability to, no matter what they face, to advance, to go city, to go to different countries, advance, advance, and advance over and over and over again. And that's what we do. We don't just stand firm. We move and advance. We advance with the gospel of our lives, having our shoes fitted with this gospel of peace. As Christians, we should always be ready Always be ready to take forth the gospel, to bring forth the gospel with, with somebody. Paul mentions this, of course, and as we preach this gospel, announce this good news, we are offering a peace treaty. We are offering the gift of salvation that comes in Jesus Christ. In fact, this is a metaphor that we see in the Old Testament. And, and the whole youth ministry, I know, will remember this verse because this verse is our theme verse. If you don't know, we, we call ourselves 527 Ministry. And it has a couple things. One thing is we meet 527. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Very convenient, right? Also, we, we searched the scriptures and we found Isaiah 527. 527. And it says, 
this. It, it talks about this. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Our God reigns. This is not only the theme of the youth group. You think about it. We want these students to be students who proclaim our God reigns. Who They want there to be the beautiful feet that carry forth the gospel. And I have no doubt that this is what Paul was reflecting on as he wrote these words. Thinking of the, these shoes, this gospel of peace going into the world. Bringing peace, happiness, and salvation. Can you proclaim today that our God reigns. Amen? Here we have this picture of the feet that bring forth this good news. It says in Ephesians, the readiness for the gospel of peace. That we are ready to move with the gospel. And it's one that we've talked about in First Peter in chapter 3 where he says, put in your hearts and honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect. The word translated readiness here carries with it this idea of being prepared. We are ready in a moment's notice to, to share the hope that we have, to proclaim that good news of peace, to, of Jesus coming to this earth as a man and, and dying on the cross for our sins. I encourage you, I, I challenge us as a church to have our feet ready, to have our feet ready for the gospel, that we would be a church ready and standing at the doors ready to go out into the world. If you remember, it's the second mural that we painted, that, that it's above the doors as you go out. This time as you leave, look up, not for too long or your trip, but look up and see as it says that you are entering the mission field. That as you go from here, as you are encouraged by the word of God, as you are encouraged by the singing, as you are encouraged by the fellowship, you go and you say, who needs to hear this? Who needs to hear this message of peace? We need to go and make disciples of all nations. It's the presence of the gospel. We introduce them to this spiritual enemy and we show them that there is an answer for the struggles in this world. John Piper had an amazing statement about sharing this peace that we have of Christ. He said this. He said that our personal sense of the reality of Christ would be so deep and confident and satisfying that we could scarcely keep it from commending him to others. He's saying that we would have such an understanding of the gospel that we couldn't help but stand up and just proclaim it. That we would be just so excited to say, look at this peace that I found. Look at the unrest around us and look at the peace and the answer that there is in Christ. That we would stand and just shout it from the rooftops. That, that we are children of God. That we stand firm in this gospel of peace. There is this conflict, but we have this answer. So, so what is your story in this gospel? How did you come to know Christ? How did you come to know this peace that satisfies and that stirs up your life? Ask for an opportunity to share that. Maybe it's with a family. Maybe it's with somebody at work. 
Any place you are is a place to share this great news of God coming into your life and freeing you from this struggle. You see, remember what I said earlier about this battle, that that Satan has convinced believers that we don't need to go and make disciples, that missions isn't important. But you see, remember that he is the adversary. He is the liar. He is the hinderer to God's plans. You see, what Paul says later on in Ephesians, and he'll say elsewhere in 2 Corinthians, is that we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is somebody who represents a nation to another nation. For example, we would have diplomats and ambassadors who would go to a foreign country, and they would represent us. And as we live out in this foreign world, in this sinful world, we are representing Christ. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, that is, in Christ, in God, was reconciling the world to himself, bringing that peace, and not counting their trespasses, their sins against them, entrusting them, us, with the message of reconciliation. He has given us this message to, to take forth. And he says in verse 20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you call it in the letter in Ephesians, he says, I am in chains. He says, I am locked up, I am in prison, but still I am an ambassador going forth for Christ. And in Philippians, he'll, he'll talk about a little 9 a.m. plug, as he is in chains for the glory of Christ and how it brings him joy to be locked up in prison, but to be an ambassador of peace. Personally, we, we want to live in peace. We want to live in the wholeness that Jesus offers. Practically, as, as we live this out, we, we seek to, to build relationships. We build relationships based in Christ. We want to share this with those people that he brings into our lives. You know, as we think about this, I, I hope that we are, are challenged. And challenged in, in thinking about the, these little shoes, right? This is a seemingly insignificant part of, of this armor. It's not the sword. It, it's not the helmet. It's not the shield. It's not the breastplate. All, all these things, it's just shoes that are on our feet. But it's shoes that prepare us, that prep us for this spiritual war. And as we get ready to, to close out for today, I want us to remember that there is an enemy. That there is Satan who wants to take our, our focus off of God. That he wants to steal that peace that is in your life. But we need to remember to what? To stand firm in the peace that we have in Christ. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called as one body, and be thankful. Anyone ever been to uh, Six Flags in Maryland? Anybody been there? We used to go there all the time uh, growing up in, in youth group and, and stuff. And I can still remember to this day, I haven't been there probably since I was in high school, but have you ever ridden Superman that is there? If you haven't ridden Superman, it is, I think, the, one of the tallest roller coasters in Maryland, at least. It's over 200 feet tall. And as you're going up, you kind of get this the great view. I guess you can call it a great view of Maryland. It's, there's views. I mean, it's not quite like other states. But you kind of get this great lookout as you're going up to this roller coaster. And, and it seems very peaceful. You know, you're just kind of cruising up on this hill. But you know it's a fake peace. 
because you know what's about to happen. Because you're going to reach that top, and you are going to plummet down at speeds that no man should travel unless they're wearing a seatbelt and have four wheels under them. And I know Jim designs these rides, and he says they're very safe, but it is crazy. As you go down, and you're tossed, and you're turned, and you're going through all these things, and that's what Satan does to us. He gives us this, this false sense of peace, and then it comes crashing down. And then we're on the, the wild turns of life. He doesn't want us to get off of this ride. He doesn't want us to understand the peace that we have. That is what he wants for us. But the reality is that he can't keep us on that roller coaster, that we have the ability to escape and to find the peace, the mindset that is ruled in Christ. And then finally, we don't just stand fast, but we also move forward with the gospel. Will you be somebody who proclaims the truth, the peace of Jesus Christ? We are messengers of peace. Use the shoes that we have been given. As the old hymn goes, it says, Onward, Christian soldiers, marching out to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. If you are with us today or watching us online and you don't have this peace, Feel free to, to contact us, to reach out to us, and to understand all the hope that is offered in salvation. Worship team, you can begin to make your way back onto the stage. What you need to do is, is to realize that you are a sinner, that you have been born into sin, that you have been born into this chaos, that you fail to live up to God's standard. Have you lied? Have you coveted? Have you wished that something, something you saw in somebody else was something you had? Well, if you have, then you're a sinner. If you have looked upon those things, understand that Jesus came into this world, that he lived the perfect life, that he died a death that was deserved for sins. And it is that death that brings us peace, that sins must be punished, that Jesus carried on him the wrath of God in his body and he was broken. But after three days, the grave couldn't hold him. And he was raised again to new life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And in this that we find everlasting life, that we have everlasting peace, that we have these shoes upon our feet. I invite you to stand as we prepare to close out with a song. And I have these words from Philippians chapter 4, where Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And he says here in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Wear your shoes this day.